0: Hi everyone, I'm Elisa and this is Simple Intentions, a podcast focusing on a variety of health and wellness topics to help you live a happier, healthier, more intentional life. Join me as I interview a variety of health and wellness specialists who share their knowledge and some fantastic tips on how we can better ourselves and live a life of intention. Hey guys, welcome again to the Simple Intentions podcast. Sorry for the delay in getting this next podcast live. Uh, This episode is a great one, as they all are. I had a great chat with Anne Marie and Helen from the MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living. The MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living is located in the MacArthur, New South Wales area. It is a non-for-profit, community-focused organisation that aspires to be a world-class educational facility and model for the promotion of sustainable technology and practices in homes, urban precincts and businesses. Personally, I'm quite passionate about this subject and a lot of these practices I have implemented myself at home with my family. At the end, I will do the usual wrap-up points based off what is discussed, which will include simple, actionable practices that you can implement yourself in your homes and in your lives. Sustainability is so important as it not only affects ourselves, but the lives, lifestyles and environment for future generations. And the ladies speak on this as well. We cover three key topics, which I outlined at the beginning. So let's get to it. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining the Simple Intentions podcast. Thank you for being here and chatting to me today. So we have here Anne-Marie and Helen from the MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living. And before we get into it, we'll just do a bit of an overview. We're gonna talk about three key topics today. So we're talking about waste in the home, plastics and energy. So, and as well, we probably will touch on a few other things as we chat along, but they're the key, three key things. So welcome ladies. And if you can, uh, to start off with, explain... What does the what does MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living do?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, um, thanks for inviting us for the podcast. Yeah, We're very pleased to be here and, and thank you for your interest. So the MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living is a registered charity and it has the aim of educating and demonstrating sustainable living practices and technology. Um, we do cover the four pillars of environmental sustainability as well as social, cultural sustainability as well. Um, so we do focus on things like water efficiency energy efficiency we use loads of solar and wind power on site Um, waste management which is a really key area Mm -hmm. for environmental sustainability and something that all of us can contribute to or um, uh, be part of you know reducing the waste streams that we have in our communities and uh, biodiversity which we show through our uh, bushland on the site as well as our produce producing gardens, vegetables, fruits, herbs, that kind of thing. So we do a number of workshops around those areas with a real focus on waste management and um, biodiversity. We also support other local charities in the region like Big Yellow Umbrella. Um, We also support charities that do community development or personal development through the use of our site as well. And when we share the site with Men's Shed Norellan, so it's a really great community center also um so that's who we are we run school excursions we run adult workshops we have a preschool program called little explorers that we run on thursdays and fridays which is like a supported play group where kids get to come and have some fun but they learn all about sustainable living at home. Um, and most importantly, so do their parents and guardians. So mm. that's our evil plan. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> get the kids, we yes. get the parents
2: too. Osmosis, <laughs> yeah. <Of laughs> <nice>, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> Love
2: it.
0: I've been to um I be I, w- I came along, this is a few years ago now, to the worm farming and composting workshop. And um at the time uh I had just moved into suburbia. I'd come from living with my parents, um sorry, my in-laws in mm-hmm. Rossmore, and um, we yeah moved to suburbia, which was a bit of a difference. And we hadn't composted. I remember my husband saying to me, "Like we can't compost in suburbia; it's not going to be the same thing." And I came along to the workshop and learned more more about it in detail. And we started it up, and it has been so great for our waste wise. We reduce the waste going into our bins by so like i think well, more than half almost really and we can use that source so it was it was a great attending the workshop we had got a lot out of it and um yeah,
1: put into practice, which was wonderful. So, well, if we could magnify that by a couple of hundred thousand, yes, that would be doing a great service for all of us, um, short and long term. So, I'm so glad that you got something out of that as well, and you probably learnt to the, how how easy it is really, yes. and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Are you using your compost when it's um, reduced down and broken down into your yes. garden? Yes, yeah, so we have a
0: we have garden beds, and so we use so we've got like the compost bin with the little um, latch at the bottom. So yep. we just picked up from Bunnings, and um, yeah. So we just lift that up, and then when we turn over the soil after each uh, season and put in the new yep. crops, we add that in into the rotation. So, and it's lovely. And we we always say that when we do that as well, um, the soil almost feels like sand. It's like so yeah. lovely. It's just so um, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's really really nice.
1: you you're not buying um, compost or soil no. from your local garden supply, so you're reducing your reliance on plastic packaging at the same time. So it has lots of run-on benefits um, um, in lots of different areas rather than just the soil and and organic waste side of things. So that's terrific.
0: Yeah, 100%. So that's a great way then to kick off. Let's chat about
1: waste in the home. Well, we kind of focus on three areas of waste in the home and two most particularly, which is... um, food waste and plastic waste, but textile and clothing waste is a very fast-growing waste stream in our communities. Um, So we're trying to cover that as well. But most of it is around food waste is still the number one waste stream in um, residential waste. Um, If you you want a little bit of a a fact there, it's um, something like in New South Wales, $10 billion of edible food ends up in the red bin um, every year. And that sort of equates to around about $3,000 per family. So wow. if you are not managing your food as well as you could, you could actually just be throwing money into the red bin, which um, we always say, for one of anything else, um, waste management and doing it properly can save you a lot of money. And therefore, that money can go into other things like a holiday or something else you want around the house. But then it has the flow on effect of being beneficial to the environment. Um, And that has the long-term effect as well. So you've got a couple of things that you're dealing with at the same time. So we do run adult workshops um, where we do lots of food preparation. But the underlying feature of it is it's all around about loving your leftovers, how to use what you've already got. But we also do specific um, training on what do we do about food waste? So I think the really interesting thing in Campbelltown, they did a bit of a survey a couple of years ago where they surveyed the contents of red bins and found that nearly 50% of the red bin content was in fact food waste. And the majority of that, like you found out, could be used to make um, soil enhancer for your gardens mm-hmm. if you worm farm and, and or compost. Um, but we like to try and take it a step back to go, Well, what could you do not to create that much waste in the first place? So the real focus is what can we do to reduce or before we reuse or recycle? Because that's the top of the the waste management approach is how can you refuse or reduce? So you're not creating as much,
2: Mm -hmm. which means
1: you're not spending as much. And when it comes to food waste, it's kind of it mostly happens because we buy too much. Mm -hmm. We cook too much or we don't store the food correctly. It really just boils down to those three things. So it's a matter of putting some some potential steps in place so you don't do that anymore. And, of course, the whole buy too much thing is... know, learning to have maybe thinking ahead of time at least three or four meals a week that you know we're going to have and just buying for those rather than wandering around the shop going oh we might have this we might have that Mm. i don't know oh look this one's three for one i'll buy three of those Mm. use one and i'll throw the other two out later it might be all right you know so we kind of try and teach those six steps we and we, we call it a food smart house so Buy less, um, buy um, and always purchase to a list. Always take a list if it's, just put it on your phone as a note so you don't leave it at home on the fridge as many of us will want to do. And then kind of keep to that. And then before you do that shopping, check your pantry, check your fridge. So you're not going, I can't remember, do, do I have any of this at home? Yes. And then you often do that over and over again. And then perhaps once a year or every couple of years ago, I must really clean out my pantry properly. And then you discover, oh, this is like two years old, this is like three years old, I'll just throw this out now. So you don't get into that position and you just haven't thrown that money away basically.
2: And also the site, the MacArthur Centre for Sustainable Living is about um, a waste reduction site virtually because um, we make all our compost, we have all our worm farms and with that we garden with it. Um, We also have lots of displays here of different technology as well and it, we show people what to do with different building materials rather than just put them on curbside cleanup. You know, you can make gardens out of them or we've got a display of a bathtub that you put a garden in and a sink and a toilet. You can do amazing things with your waste rather than putting it out in the bin, the red bin or the curbside. You can actually reuse it and make it, you know, stand out with, at home.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was very random that this happened, but one time me and my husband were, were just driving home from somewhere and someone on the side had this dining table that was you could see it had been damaged, but the wood was it was really lovely wooden dining table. And for some, I mean he's very handy, so it come it comes very handy that he is like that, but um he was like, oh, that's like really good wood. And he he took the table and he ended up making us a shoe rack. And this shoe rack has stayed with us for over seven years, this shoe rack. And so it's these little things like that that you realise like something that, could, that you could dispose of but actually has potential to be something else. If it's not that you can do it yourself, you could even potentially get a carpenter or someone else to put something together depending on what it is. But there are so many different uses for things that can't,
2: that are either are broken or can't work anymore. Or... That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, rather than going to landfill, which all the curbside cleanup does go to, mm-hmm. um, you know, come and have a tour of the site and see what we do here mm-hmm. and see how we use it and see what you can actually do at
1: home. Because we have a big site. I mean, it's one thing yeah. that we noticed around here that a lot of the new developments have got very small backyards. So mm-hmm. yeah, and mm-hmm. we also look at ways that where people don't have the room to compost or Mm. that is um, encourage them to join the share waste program so if they want to be part of the solution they can hold their waste and then you know deliver it to someone else who will compost it if they can't do it themselves particularly people living in units where they seem not necessarily have that um, ability and they don't have a garden to use it on so we look for alternatives based on the kind of living circumstances people find themselves in as well. I think as yes, well, like with, com- with composting
0: in particular, I think you you initially think that like, it can be quite dirty or it, can, or it can smell. But I must say, and you know, I have one, as I said, in the backyard, uh, it, it doesn't create any smell at all or anything really. And we just keep a container on our, um, on our bench and yep. we just empty it almost every night, if not every couple of days. And even that itself doesn't create any smell yeah, or anything, because yeah. it, it's just offcuts of vegetables or um, eggshells or whatever, whatever. Even um, we put in um uh, like paper towel that we've used or yep. um, paper, you know, whatever it is. We just add it all in that little container, and then we just empty it out.
1: Um, as we go you can rip up your bills once yes. paid them, mm-hmm. <laughs> all your tax all your tax <laughs> returns <laughs> your ta- but yeah, yeah. If, if you're doing your composting right it's not going to smell no. yes um and that's uh, and you're really not going to have to touch it until you're ready with gloves to take it out and put it on your garden yeah so it really isn't very time consuming and it's just getting into a, a slightly different routine and once you're mm-hmm. in it off you go yeah it's going for sure mm.
0: I think as well, it's it also quite good. Um, can be also quite fun for to get the kids involved as well, because um, I mean, I know as again in my experience, we even say with my nephews, they might learn something from school and they come back and, and they'd be like, oh, why don't we do this? And you know, kids ask questions and getting them to be involved it's, can be quite fun for them and they they learn along the way um, on the importance of why we should be uh, adopting sustainable practices in the home and how it's not that hard to adopt these practices as well
2: yeah well yeah well they're our future aren't they exactly. children are our future so if we can try and do a little bit with our children and start getting them in a direction it's their world that they're going to inherit so they need to look at the different things to make their neighborhood their house a lot better than what it is now mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. so i know a big part of what you guys teach is the understanding the three bins Uh, as well is there anything any commentary that you can provide us with in terms of the bins like in terms of um, using them correctly are there general misconceptions on how we use our three bins and how that we have been potentially doing it wrong
1: yeah yeah Yeah. there is actually one of the biggest issues for the, the, the local waste management center is the issue of contamination which is very simply put Putting the wrong thing in the wrong bin, and therefore you've contaminated the load, and it's going to end up in landfill, whether or not it was in a recycling bin or a garden green bin, a green littered bin, and that's the biggest issue. and And some of the major issues around there are things like um, used nappies. Oh. will often find their way into the wrong bin and people seem to get a bit confused about oh but there's paper content in here so maybe I'll put that in the yellow bin which of course no it really really does need to be in the red bin because um, there is still some handling of waste at the recycling centre after it goes through it processes so it becomes a health issue so putting the right things in the right bin is really very useful from Um, making sure that your load doesn't end up in landfill so uh, at the moment the the green bin is fairly straightforward with garden waste we don't put anything else in that but i think one of my favorite stories from sewers is when they found and emptied it out and there was half a motorcycle Cycle. in there yeah, so that just gives <sighs> yeah. you some ideas mm. of what they're trying to deal with where either people are confused or they didn't know where else to put it so i thought oh, i'll just throw, throw it in, in the, the green, the bit green in and it's somebody else's problem to deal with not mine sort of thing yeah but that's that's an unusual one that <laughs> it Really was mm. i was speaking to someone from Visi who was at a one of our workshops just last week was saying um they've got the machinery has improved so much that you know if you leave a staple in paper in the yellow bin that their machines will pick up just one staple with their really high capacity magnets but what they find gums up their works all the time is polystyrene people putting polystyrene in the yellow bin it can't go in there Mm. Okay. Okay. at the moment, it either has to go into the red bin, which is a pity because it's a plastic and it's going to be sitting in landfill for another 400 to 1000 years and just breaking into microplastics. Or if you can manage it, a great way that you know it will actually be reused again is to take it to the closest community recycling um, or um, recovery centre. And the closest one to us here is in Rose Street in Liverpool. And they have a special machine that will take the polystyrene, take all the air out of it because it's basically just puffed up, you know, plastic molecules, and then send that back somewhere that it will be made into new polystyrene to wrap around your computer or new tv oh, or whatever well. it else or when you base. purchase thing it yeah. can go into that but really so you're not they're not making because you think about all of those white goods and those electronic goods that are always sent out with heaps of polystyrene because it's a really great way of cushioning them from transport mm-hmm. hazards so um, so if we could sort of say that one. Yeah, um, I guess the other thing, there's a bit of confusion about the kinds of plastics that can go into Yellow Bin. I think people are really good with things like aluminium. And we have a, um, a return and earn kiosk here on site. So your cans, what else have you, can be returned here. And if you've got a few pennies to spend, you can even donate what you're returning here to us at MCSL. Um There's a bit of a confusion when it comes to soft plastics, your plastic bags or your biscuit wrappers or your chip wrappers, they can't go into the yellow bin because the current machinery for us can't deal with them. And it basically gums up the machinery. However, that soft plastic can absolutely be recycled. And that's where your red cycle program comes in where you take it down yourself to your local Coles or Woolies, and they'll have a bin there and that gets set down to a business in Victoria called Replast, which turn that into a range of wonderful products we've got some outdoor furniture here made from recycled okay. soft plastic that's diverted 160,000 plastic bags from the waste um, stream into usable but they do concrete like a of green mm-hmm. concrete they do bollards walkways wicking beds plant boxes um, safety or screens all these sorts of things And, I mean, there's a beautiful thing there. So it is more like the circular economy working. But they're Australian jobs because it's an Australian company using Australian waste. Yeah. (coughs) So that's something we can all participate in. That's pretty easy. And it's just a matter of keeping a little bin or a bag in your kitchen or your pantry. And then every time you go shopping, just popping it into the red cycle bin down at Coles or Woolies. And once you take all of that food waste out of your red bin, all of that soft plastic waste, you'll discover that, well, there's not much left for the No, <laughs> That is
2: really That's reducing the, what we're trying to
1: do. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. down, down into landfill. Because mm. um, over time, if enough of us did that, then there wouldn't need to be as much land set aside mm-hmm. for landfill sites. And it should technically mean a reduction in the cost over time which should technically reduce some of our council fees over time because a lot of that goes (laughs) into waste management but but again it's like if it's scaled up to hundreds of thousands of people it could really make a huge difference
0: yeah and i think i think as you were mentioning like it is it's just about getting into routine and i think the best thing to know is that it actually doesn't take a lot of time or it actually doesn't take a lot to. Implement certain things. So, yeah. as you're saying, like it might just be setting up a, a separate bag or a box or something for you to put in all your soft plastics. Or to just have a container on the, you know, the bench top that bench, you can yeah. put in. You can put in, um, yeah, yeah, you know, your fruit and veg,
1: your little the cutoffs and, the, and yeah. the egg scraps and all the rest. And that way you're sorting your waste you are sorting your waste, goes, So yeah. it's not a big thing at the end of the week to go, oh god, I've got to go through the waste. It's already done. You just to the right place or put it in the right bin.
0: Yes, in terms as well of with the um, with your recycled goods, there also is the misconception of, like some people like you don't actually clean the like say it might be uh, like your milk carton yeah. that you just finish it and you just put it you know chuck it in the in the yellow bin. Are you meant to be cleaning these or even say if it's like a tuna tin or whatever whatever it is that you are you meant to be cleaning these and then popping them in or can you just pop it in? dirty like what? you can
1: just pop it in i mean it will go through a process Well, at the end of the day will include um a lot of hot water or heat being injected through it so that will deal with that however if you do rinse it out it means your yellow bin is not going to stink oh there you go you never really need to to clean it it's just a rinse yeah and if you rinse it that means all of those bits and pieces that will just sort of settle at the bottom of the bin won't really happen and over time that's disgusting smooth smell will happen yes so if you rinse it you, you don't have to but it will just mean your bin will stay smelling a little bit um less offensive when you open up the lid so that's to us is the only reason but we've been told um buy sewers up there at spring farm so there's really no need to mm. clean it So clean it okay but that's good to know there you go Sink is better for for yourself well. the, house. Yeah. the house and around the house So yeah. that would be our suggestion if you can just mm. rinse it quickly
2: and just wait till you last till the end of your wash up cycle in the sink and just rinse everything you're recycling at the end and just drain it and then put into the yellow bin
1: Beautiful. and don't
2: wrap the yellow bin So Anne-Marie, I think, likes to put it as a yellow bin, your recycle bin being nude. So don't put a plastic bag into your yellow recycling and then you tie the bag off and put it in the big yellow bin.
1: I always say there's no need to gift wrap your rubbish. And that is another one that's that's contamination in that bin. Then it does Mm. happen quite a lot that people will collect it in the house in a plastic bag and throw the whole bag in the yellow Mm. bin. But it's the same thing as really it's a bit of a... Certainly, don't put a big auto plastic bag that covers yes. the whole bin. It's not necessary. It's yeah. just adding yes. to the plastic burden. And really, it's a bin for waste. And if that means, say, with the red bin from time to time, you need to hose it out, fine. You know? mm-hmm. But um, it's better than you know putting your waste in a huge plastic bag because that plastic bag is going to sit there. It can't get oxygen into it. It mm. will fester. Um, When it does break open, it'll just be methane and CO2 that'll be leaking out. And that plastic is going to take a good few hundred years to break down. And when it does, it's just going to turn into tiny pieces of plastic because it's not made from organic substance. So it can never return to the earth. And that's a bit of an issue for us because what we do know with um, microplastics is that they are becoming quite a lot more pervasive in our environment and um, finding its way into our waterways yes. and that. And we really don't know health-wise what it will do to us. That's one of the things we learnt years ago, not to burn it. And that's why mm-hmm. that burning in the backyard was stopped. When you burn plastics, it's very toxic. toxic. The air, the, it gives off a lot of chemicals that are actually quite poor for human health outcomes. And we do know plastics are hormone disruptors. Mm-hmm. That's something yeah. that has been proven, but we don't know by ingesting microplastics we don't really know what it's going to be doing to us in the next 20 years or that kind of thing. So again, if we could reduce that and not just rely on recycling, because the fact of the matter is at the moment, even our plastics in the yellow bin, not all of it is able to be recycled. And a lot of it does end up in landfill. So Mm. we're quite good at recycling, but that's not the end of the story. If we could just take a step back and go, well, When I'm shopping, let's not buy fruit and vegetables that are wrapped up in a polystyrene tray with cling wrap all over it. Let's take our own little reusable bags and pick Mm -hmm. it ourselves and keep reusing those because they're fully
2: washable. Um, Bring your own shopping bags. Yes. don't get and new plastic bags every time you go shopping no yeah. um and things like get a few things in your house so
1: you don't need to have thing wrap in your house yes. a couple of bowl covers that are usually made from canvas and vegetable starch okay. i've got those know,
0: um those beeswax ones. Yeah. Bees uh, wrap. Um, I have again had them for years and you just yeah. if they do get dirty just wipe them down and yeah you just keep right. using that they yeah.
1: will eventually run out of wax mm. so yeah. you might have to do them but if not Um, They're made from just cotton or a cloth that is organic and it will eventually break down. So it's not quite as an issue, but um, you can't use your beeswax wraps just so people know for meat or fish Mm -hmm. because they're not really strong enough to manage those. And that's why having a couple of other things like investing in a good set of reusable containers for your leftovers or for putting fresh food in so it will last longer before it goes off is a really useful thing and then you're more likely to be, take advantage of your leftovers as well mm-hmm. or some of your other things like your your veggies and that not going off so quickly if you don't get to use them in time but we always say there's no excuse for that at least if they're starting to look a bit sad make a pie out of them before yeah. they completely <laughs> yeah. just chuck
2: them all an together and or a soup yes. or a jam or a do jam, jam so yeah. many things Flings. you can do
1: and just freeze yeah. that until you need it. Need and, it. Yeah. and that means you're not having to buy stock at the shop. And yes. you want to make a nice soup or a casserole or something like that. You've got your own from your own leftovers. Yeah. And cool. we do
2: understand that people are time poor. Yes. And uh, we are too. But there are little things that you can do at home to make um, your life and our environment a little bit better than what it is.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think as we, we mentioned the plastics, so I think it was good to talk, I guess, talk more to the plastics. What are some practices additionally to the ones that you have mentioned that we can reduce plastics in the home or even just in general? You did uh, mention as well the importance of reducing, them long, of reducing them over time as well, but could you speak a bit more
1: to the plastics? Okay, well, with um, your soft plastics, we talked about the Red Cycle Programme. Mm-hmm. If you can't avoid purchasing, and let's face it, if you're going to buy back the biscuits or a packet of crisps or chips, that kind of thing, they're all um, are packaged in plastic. So it's not, you, you, you literally can't go down you to the supermarket it. now and take yes. a in and go, I just want six of those, buy of those. You can't do that anymore. So you're probably not going to be able to completely avoid it. So then it just becomes a matter of, well, how do I dispose of it so it doesn't end up in landfill? So Red Cycle gives you an option on the soft plastics. When it comes to other plastics, um, the refuse or reduce mm. is the top of the ladder for us to have a look at. So um, I gave the example of fruit and vegetables that are ridiculously packaged up. I mean, why would package bananas? Yeah. It's already yeah. putting extra plastic on Even it. Even the bags no, right. that, that you get, I think some of them, they are
0: um, you can recycle them. But um i don't even put any of like if i go to get like three apples i just get three apples and put them in the Mm. trolley and then i just pop you know instead of putting them in the bag and then putting them in another bag
1: yeah yeah and if you don't like that you can get these groovy little fruit and vegetable reusable bags Mm -hmm. that are made out of have you and you just pop your things in there and then throw them into your shopping bag ready to take for the next time Mm -hmm. if they need to wash they can go into the um to the washing machine and be done there as well um uh Using selecting your toilet paper, make sure it's always from a recycled fibre so it's not a fresh fibre, so it's not being made completely new for you we like at the center to use who gives a crap because it's a great name mm-hmm. and it is australian great brand there's no plastic in their packaging at all it's all packaged in recyclable paper okay mm-hmm. so that's um choosing that you know when you're going and if you need a new toothbrush think about getting a bamboo one rather than a plastic one so it's really looking at the item that you're about to purchase and go oh that's full of plastic uh, i could do something else there think about in your bathroom what have you got in your shower recess there's probably a shampoo bottle a conditioner bottle um you oh. might even use shower gel or something like that. all of those are encased in plastic mm. okay that will are able to go into the yellow bin but we know i mean and he's a bit of a sad statistic but of recovered plastics in australian waste at the moment they are trying to work on it but overall Only about 4% of it is going in and being recycled here in Australia into new packaging. Mm. It's better for PET, which is kind of like your your drink bottles and things like that, because of the return and earn program. That's really helped the recycling potential of those. But a lot of those other things, although they're recyclable, we're not quite able to do it yet. We're getting better at it, and we do have targets for 2025 to to really Mm. up that, but it's going to take some time. So that's where I come back to the refuse and go, okay, Could I get something different than the shampoo in and conditioner in a bottle? Yes, you can. You can get shampoo bars and conditioner Mm. bars. You can buy them online. Um, A lot of them are made here as well. I've been using, oh, it's probably not such a good day for me to say that, but I've been using shampoo (laughs) and conditioner bars for a couple of years now. So I actually haven't bought any plastic bottles. And I've got a little tin can. They look like a soap bar, but they're made with essential oils and all sorts of other things. Perfectly good for cleaning. And it means I'm not, introducing more into the the plastic waste stream because i'm just Mm -hmm. not buying it anymore another great thing to do is and this is a little bit more time consuming is you can make your own cleaners your house Mm. cleansers you know as long as you've got um uh vinegar uh what is it your carbon what what is it called
0: (laughs) A bicarb, bicarb, bicarb soda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> lemon juice, um, a little uh, of your basic alcohol because that's a great thing to kill bacteria and viruses as well. Mm-hmm. Eucalyptus oil, tea tree oil and make your own and reuse the spray bottles that you've already bought and then you don't need to buy any more of those because you're making a very much more um, economic way of doing your cleanse cleaners. Without having to buy all into all of the packaging and the marketing, because you're paying yes. a lot for that. Yes. That's, that's another option there to reduce your plastic. And so, yeah, and be you know,
0: knowing is well, what's it actually going into your cleaners? That's Whereas true. now you, you mean, I mean, you don't. You look at ingredients when you're buying a food product. You never look at what's sort of in any of the, you know, any of these cleaners. The you chemicals. just go, yeah, but I just need that. Well, so
1: a lot of them are just really long words. You go, know, I've got mm. no idea what. Yes, yeah. yeah. so. no,
0: and unless you really take the time to sit down and Google and to, uh, and you right. probably be right. scared when you,
1: if you did yeah. Google. So. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really mean to put that on my face. Yeah. Yes. Or that kind of thing oh. um if you're if you're a young mum mm. with um young bubble that sort of thing you can consider getting something like recyclable nappies so mm-hmm. you're um and that might be something you might ask for for you if you have a baby shower so mm. please can people buy me recycled nappy so you've got lots of them mm-hmm. or a nappy Sabrina. service or yes. nappy yes. service it's yeah cool, oh, yeah. cool. But, um, but that's another thing to do. So you're not really having to get, um, I'm looking at a lot of people don't have time to do the old cloth nappies. No. Very understandable. Um, mm-hmm. But the, um, the, the other big nappies that you buy, which will end up in the bin, that's a great way to divert all of that sort of waste out of the red bin because all you have to, you can either wash it or you can replace the inserts into those recyclable nappies. And a number of stores are now starting to make those sorts of things available. Mm. Um, some stores have spe- special sustainability weeks where they'll have yes. a whole bunch of items made from, you know, tea towels from organic cotton, recyclable mm. nappies, um, steel, steel pegs. Ditch. Oh, yeah. When your plastic ones break down, when you need to replace them, use them until they break down. There's no point just yep. throwing it out because, well, oh, they're plastic. Um, when they're no longer usable or broken, um, buy steel ones to replace them. They'll last for a very long time. And when they do, they're highly recyclable. Metal is still a very valuable recycling material. So that's something else that you can do there as well. Um, I think to- that's a
0: that's a big point too, is to not just yeah. like say you decide to make some changes. It's not to just uh, completely eliminate it or, get, or, or add to yeah. the reduce. It's using what you have until... And then when you go and to purchase because, something, yeah, the next made- thing, then you think about... Yeah. What am I actually purchasing? Do I so say? Yeah, your pegs break down, or say you finish your shampoo. Instead of just going then to buy your new shampoo, is thinking okay, now it's the time for me to buy because I've run out. Is there a better alternative? Yes, and 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 as you go along, that's what as what you do as you go along.
2: And there's some really great shops, local shops Mm. um, that do and can supply all these things that are organic or natural. Um, There's bulk whole food sales, you know herbs and beans and lentils and sauces that you can go to so it's amazing what's now being developed out there for people that want to be a little bit sustainable um, to keep their families going yeah we'll just do
1: a a note of caution about greenwashing that often you'll find things that have been labeled as greener Mm. Yes, um, and They might be greener, but they're still not particularly green in the way we want them to be. So make sure that things are not just degradable, they need to be properly biodegradable. And some of the biodegradable products won't degrade in a backyard compost, they'd need an industrial strength um,
2: um, ah, composting
1: okay. system and heat there. Um, so We've, we've tried a few different things here we've tried things like bio bags um, to line people still like to line their little bin in their kitchen it's a hard thing to stop doing understandable but get something that's 100% made from vegetable fiber and we've we've worked we've discovered it will break down into a normal backyard composting system um, or it's just good enough to put your because they won't last as long as plastic because they are made from a vegetable fiber but they look like a plastic bag mm-hmm. Um And it's an interesting thing because they're gaining a bit of traction. I've noticed in supermarkets that now other companies are doing, um, they're calling Mm. it biodegradable, Mm. but when I read them carefully, it's only 50% vegetable fiber and still 50% Uh. plastic. So... Once you start looking and you start your journey, you do need to read a few more labels and go, oh, that's better, but it's still not good enough because I can't compost it that because it's still got 50% plastic and I don't want the microplastic in my garden. Sort of yes. Thing. So look at And if you can't find them locally, there's some terrific Australian websites where you can order online um, and they will often have a whole range of things listed in kitchen, laundry, bathroom, mm-hmm. toilet garden um lounge room whatever it is so to help you choose yeah I think and, there's one I think it I believe biome is one or have you heard have your you ladies biome heard of that? A one flora yeah. and flora is another yep. good one so when you can't find it locally and, and sometimes you can't huh. depending yes. on where you live and there's still a transition happening in our big supermarkets so a lot of the big known brands are trying to make a transition too but they some of them aren't quite there. So just be a little bit careful. I I like the one it's um I think it's cling wrap, but it's called greener. Green. It's still soft yeah. plastic. No, yeah. so, sorry, mate. You know, just just if I can, if you can say one thing. Can you ditch the cling wrap? Yeah. It's an evil product. Yeah. yeah. Find things between your beeswax wraps, your cloth covers, um, your food huggers, your silicon lids, all of those sorts of things. So mm. when you've got a few things in the kitchen, you go, well, I never need to use yeah, that stuff anymore. Right. Mm. And if you need a cover like that, go for alfoil because okay. it's highly um. Are recyclable and it is recycled so that, re- that that greener alfoil i will buy that because i know it's made from recycled alfoil and i know it'll be recycled again with yeah. the plastic ones oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: i think i think the biggest thing is um being able to break that habit and that, yeah. and that, and that, and that train, and you know that that frame of mind, and how you've been doing things for so long. That, nice. and even say with me, I have tried in the past to not line the bin, and you yeah. know you always tend to go back to go back to it. But it is, it's just understanding, okay. No, don't do it. (laughs) You know, or try.
1: I tried that in my home and I was wise enough to go, I am gonna lose I'm losing this battle. So okay. So now I get the bio bag. So even even though it goes in the red bin, it is gonna break down because it's made from vegetable fibre, so it's organic and it will break down properly. And um, so be it. So we're still lining the bin, it's just not with plastic anymore. So that's Mm -hmm. still an improvement. Mm. But it is you know, at least it's a journey. Yes. Yeah. And if you start with one thing and you get that settled in, yeah. then you'll find yourself thinking, oh, what else could I do? And you just put another thing in and another thing. And then a couple of years later, you might be down the track and go, you know, I haven't bought any of that for two years now. Hmm. Or I haven't got that. Or, you know, we have so little in our red bin compared to what it was, you know, two, three, four, five years ago. What a difference. So, you know, you, you're not necessarily going to get a gold star for that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you would sort of go, well, I've been a role model to my family as well. So they can continue that because that becomes part of their routine. Um, and therefore it goes on and it goes on and it stretches out across the community. So, but it is a journey. Um, so I would always say, don't try and do everything at once because you will give up because it's too, you know, it's too much to change all of those things. Um, routines all at once. So really? do one yeah. thing, little, then add, little. Another thing yeah. add another thing, add another thing, add another thing. And yeah. then once you've you know looked at some of the sites, they will present alternatives to you. you go, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Mm. I'm getting that next time. you should mention that we'll be running a number of plastic free living workshops for right. Campbelltown Council over Plastic Free July in all of their libraries. So look out on their council's website to mm-hmm. make a booking for any of those and we'll go in and sort of talk about what the value of reducing plastic in our environments might be to us and our health and our children's health. And I, we have a whole bunch of uh, products that we can show that when you're ready to make a change, here are some of the things that are available that you can think right. about. And then we have some useful, I'll hold that up there, like mm-hmm. little fact sheets and things that we can give to people that also have another links of where you Beautiful. can find them locally or on the website to help you on that journey. I think it is. It's just
0: It's just sometimes we're just taking some time just to do a little bit of research as well. I think w- once you are educated, you then are able to make better choices and take better steps forward. And as you said, it's not. doesn't have to be a complete overnight. It's just a slow burn. And it's just, let's just start off by just say you know what we're just going to start off with the compost and or just something small like that or something as simple as not getting the plastic bags when you're going to the supermarket just something so simple as that just that one small change will make a big difference in the long run
1: yeah Um, and we try and keep up and do the research so we can sort of package it together for you to save you a bit of time to say okay here's the info here's some of the things that are available go for it
0: so, so anything else with plastics that you think that to to know? We sort of covered think, quite a lot
1: there. Yeah, I think that that's thinks, enough. Yeah, and yeah. There are lots of options available. Yeah. So, yeah. I was just going to say plastics. We often forget about that, but a lot of our clothing is made out of plastic, plastic. as well. Ah, yes, clothing as well. As yes, as that's a good our point. Polyester, microfiber—they're all plastic-derived as well—and suffer from the same problem that they can't break down over time because. They're not an organic substance and they will just turn into microplastics over time so just make a note that um, clothing waste is one of the fastest growing waste streams in Australia mm-hmm. and we're buying apparently according to McKinsey 60 percent more clothing now than we did back in 2000 but we're throwing it out much faster mm-hmm. and there's often items that end up in landfill that have been maybe worn once or twice if you're lucky so I mean, our big focus there is about, it's about the refuse or reduce side of things and yes. saying, you don't need it, don't buy it. And if yeah. you're going to buy it, try and make it last for the long term because fast fashion is the term that's been given to it. Some of the things we buy seem cheap but they only seem cheap, you know, so yes. do not yes. very long to go out of shape. And it's often, if it is cotton, made from cotton that was produced in a way that wasn't very sustainable in the first place and mm-hmm. is sort of robbed another community of their water supply mm. sort of thing. So, wow. so think about that. And, of course, that's where buying pre-loved clothing is a great idea. Sharing, having sharing, yes. like, I don't want to wear this anymore. It's perfectly good quality. Let's have a clothes share swap it's funny I was talking to my sister
0: this morning and um, my my daughter to be honest haven't really bought her really many clothes because one of the girlfriends at work and cousins and mm-hmm. so forth have given us so many uh, you know clothes from their little ones that some of them didn't even didn't even wear because That's they grew right, out yeah. of them way too quick yeah. or it was they got given it as a gift and it was the wrong season and they grew out of it and yeah. so the, uh, and so a lot of um, yeah a lot of things can be shared around like like that even um I don't have a boy but my sister's give me a whole heap of boy clothes if one day I did have a boy and then just hasn't gone to waste so funny you mentioned the clothing because I spoke to um one of the previous podcasts was with a fashion stylist and she was saying even purchasing your clothing uh just by being a bit more being smarter in your wardrobe um you don't you wouldn't need to be buying as much just by you know purchasing key pieces or um and spending well and I guess that's with everything Thing as well it's not just fashion it's with the food yeah. it's with everything
1: yeah. as well and it's yes. just
2: not within fashion it's within furniture and, yes. and bedding and cushions and, and sheets and all sorts of carpets
1: window coverings it's just amazing now
2: what is re- being reduced within plastics and now you know coming out with different alternatives that you can actually purchase
0: yes yeah all right, um, right, third uh, topic that we were going to cover was the energy, which I think is a bit of a scarier sort of one. I feel that it's yeah. a bit of a harder
1: one, that topic. Yeah, look, we, we've tried to think of it in, okay, there's a high-cost way of um, reducing your reliance on fossil fuel energies derived electricity and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but that's not open to all of us so we um go okay it's great here if you want to come and have a look here we've got Mm. a 15 kilowatt system we've got a battery um we've even got an electric vehicle charger on site here as well free for anyone to use so um we know there's a few evs locally because we have about Mm. six to ten visits per month where they're using our electric vehicle charger so there are a few people around but you know it's pretty pretty low in Australia at the moment we're kind of I love that statistics last year Australians as a new car 0.7 percent of new cars purchased last year were EVs in Australia in a place like Norway it was 70 percent (laughs) that's just a nice little stat that sort of shows yeah we've got a way to go on this sort of thing Um, do you think is it because it's not as not as available to us or or, what are you there's a number of reasons um for manufacturers they don't get much of a credit for exporting to countries that don't have viable carbon policies in place i.e us Mm -hmm. um and or and or um uh their um the consumer is not given incentive to change from um, a petrol or diesel vehicle to an EV. So it's a couple of things operating, but a, a number of the major manufacturers are not sending their latest vehicles here, the ones that are much cheaper mm-hmm. um, to purchase or at least a viable price compared to um, a petrol engine because we're not the right market for them at the moment. So that would be great to see that change, but I hate it when I see New Zealand is doing better than
2: us. <laughs> there's a lot of people think that it's so easy just to pull up at a service station and fill up with petrol rather than because they don't realise that there's EV chargers now everywhere yeah. Um, at petrol stations in centres like this that you can top up your car with um with you know so we do solar um but there's lots of facilities that yeah. they can top yeah. up their their cars and technically
1: your home is an ev charging mm. centre because you can you can just stay overnight plugged in mm-hmm. to a standard charger it just takes longer but you don't have to drive anywhere you just as you get home and that, oh, yeah. at the moment, according to the EV council, is where most of charging happens for EVs. It's yeah. at home, mm-hmm. and you'll have your home charger. Um, and then you just the, the network is growing for when you need to top up during the day. Okay, mm. but most charging happens at home. And uh, if you happen to have solar in a battery, then you're actually charging it with the sun. Mm. Right? So yeah. there, there are and there, there's a new scheme that they're looking at operating where you have got excess that excess in your car battery that that you, you can take that back into your into your home to use it they're they're practicing that overseas at the moment in, in a number of countries as well so all sorts of fantastic things but coming back to the house yes what we do is try and break it down to into when it comes to energy efficiency if you're not able to do the big solar panel installation and the battery most of us can't because it it's just not viable for us we either don't have the right roof space or the right orientation or it's just the cost of that but there's a number of things you can do and we do produce a nice little um, uh, fact sheet that says okay what are the ways of um, conserving energy that cost you absolutely nothing there is zero cost and they're things we probably all know about but we don't always put in place like um, if you've got heating or cooling on and you're not using some rooms close those doors to the bathroom or what else have you so it's not actually escaping and you're having to push the technology further Um, open the blinds in winter to let the warmth in close them in summer to keep the heat out um, when you're making tea and coffee, just boil only enough water that you need because you're using less energy to make that cup of tea. They're all simple things. Turn lights off. We've all heard our parents when we were growing up. Turn yeah, lights turn off. In there. <laughs> Open windows for breezes. You know when it's not, you know, disgustingly hot clean the filters if you do have an air conditioner clean the filter regularly because it will operate more efficiently and you'll be using less power to keep it operating and people often forget those sort of things they kind of set and forget but you do need to clean your filters because they'll just work easier and better um, you know standby power um, if you've got tvs or what else have you at home turn them off at the powerpoint at night a a tv or what else have you that's still on standby is still using between 10 to 15 percent of the normal amount of energy that it uses so it's just another little routine that you might change that cost you nothing and it will actually provide you with some savings so um there's a whole bunch of things um if you can and this is not always possible um, clothes dryers are the worst use anything that's got a heating element in it needs a big burst of energy to get it going so if you can go without the clothes dryer try and use the line or an undercover area um, mm-hmm. as often as you can and just use the clothes dryer when it's like desperately necessary because we've had three weeks of consistent rain. rain or something like that which can happen which is you know? great we want yeah. the rain yeah. yeah and then um we also can do some Suggest different low-cost ways of saving your energy, like making sure you're sealing um, any gaps around the house. Or you have one of those snakes you put under oh. the door in winter to stop the cold or the hot air coming in. They don't cost you very much, but they can make a real difference. Um, install whirlybirds or solar stars in your roof so your the air in your roof space is constantly being refreshed, particularly getting the hot air out. And, so, and they're not massively expensive to do that. If you... Um, you you won't have to rely on your air conditioning if you have ceiling fans everywhere because often that will do until it gets super hot. Okay, yeah. so you've got that cool air of the morning coming in. Use your ceiling fans. Uh, most modern houses now will have a ceiling fan installed in everywhere but the bathrooms and the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay, they will really help, mm-hmm. and they're really not very expensive at all. Um, gosh. Um, your outdoor lighting and that think about putting solar lighting in so again you're not pulling off the grid to do your outdoor lighting so there's some of those low cost ways to go and then you know slightly higher cost but really effective but if you've still got some old forms of lighting like halogen and that kind of thing replace it with led yeah. it uses up to 90 something percent less than halogen or old-fashioned lighting it lasts a long time um, and you will notice a difference on your because It really will make a big difference on that. Um, insulation. Hopefully you've thought about that if you were building before you built. Okay. Um, but that will help with managing your thermal comfort in a house as well and reduce your need to go to the grid to get extra energy there. So we've, we've done it in a nice, you know, we, we talk about when you buy a new appliance, there you go. You can see that there. If you can see it there, yeah. your energy rating. Really think about that because, again, there'll be an upfront cost there, but your reliance on energy and electricity all the way through is markedly reduced with a more efficient appliance. And you usually buy an appliance to last for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So get one that's going to be efficient on the energy usage side of things. So there are a couple of things you can think about and um, energy efficiency as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay, so there's some great actionable points. In terms of a general overview, what do you guys believe from your experience is the importance overall for living sustainably and introducing some of these practices in the long term for our health, for future generations, and for the environment?
1: I would like to think we often forget this, but the environment is an unpaid servant to us that provides us with clean air so we can live, clean water, both of which we have no life without and, um, and, and an environment that produces resources for us that we use for clothing, food, that kind of thing. And we, we often forget that it won't just happen by itself. And at the moment, our use of resources is far outpacing the environment's ability to replace and regenerate resources for us. So at some point we get to a point where we're going, oh, oh we need another earth to be able to enable everybody to have a lifestyle that's similar to ours. So, I mean, I think that simple description of sustainability is enough for all forever, just enough resources for all of us to live forever, which then covers all of your future generations. And at the moment, we're not really doing that because we're using up our resources more quickly than we can uh, the environment can replenish them. So anything we do to take that um struggle of the environment in terms of reducing what we use and what we waste means there's likely to be more resources available to keep that sustainability going so when you reduce and don't have a lot of food waste if you use less plastic there's no need to make as much new plastic Mm -hmm. if we recycle what we can recycle and actually recycle it we don't need to make new stuff um there's a whole lot of issues around that as well in terms of the amount of energy it takes to make stuff out of recycled, but, but it is doable so a lot of it is around if we can reduce that's going to go a long way to actually making sustainability a real thing now that's just at the um the sort of the residential end it's not really dealing with the really big ticket items like building and construction which are big users of resources as well and a lot of those are very heavy um in industries that are really heavily reliant on loads of um, electricity or gas to power up their services. And that's another thing. So you can do the stuff yourself, okay, mm-hmm. that adds to it. But I think there's a real role for community advocacy there as well. If we don't let our local member or our local supermarkets or our local shops know what we care about, then they will go, well, they're buying what I'm offering, so they must be happy with that. So you you can take a role in that and you know you can see what politicians do if they get enough people saying i'd like to see this done better i'd like to see australia using more of its um its own recycled material to make new products out of recycled resources if a lot of people in the community do a very you know um a note around that it doesn't have to be out on the streets protesting but if they don't know we care about it then they have no reason to mm. being part of that change or trying to encourage that change within their own political party so if we stay silent nothing will change yeah much yeah we can make a big difference but we need to make a bit bigger difference than that for mm. Or that kind of enough for all forever
0: yeah one of my girlfriends she's said something to me once and it really has always stuck with me is that she said that when we're purchasing anything or anything that we do any of our actions it's almost like we're voting for that yeah. yes so in so if you're buying if you're buying plastics you're voting for this to continue on and it is just being more uh, conscious when you are purchasing something or when you're consuming or whatever it yes. is. And to say, I'm voting for this today, or I'm That's doing right. this that yeah.
1: conscious consumer. And you're absolutely, as I was saying, yeah. if, if we don't say anything, then there's no reason to change anything mm. because everybody thinks that, well, they're happy with that because they're keeping purchasing it. So it won't, it won't, mm. well, there's no need for it to necessarily change. Now we know it is happening because things are changing. So some of the, one of the, Um, one of the supermarket change one of the later entries into the market initially when they came out all of their produce their fresh produce was packaged in plastic and um, trays and you couldn't pick it yourself now they didn't change it just to be nice they changed it because enough consumers said i like going to your shop but i really hate this packaging can't you do something about this and they've got a lot of contact both at the tills and through emails till the end that now you can pick and choose, okay? They changed the way they oriented the shop so that they will respond um, to consumer input. But as I said, if we don't make the input, then they have no reason to change.
2: Yeah. We all can make a difference and that's the most important thing. People think that it's sometimes other people's responsibility, but it's actually ours. If we can each do something to make it um, to make it stick then our whole lives will be a little bit different. So we all can make a difference.
0: Fantastic points covered from that chat. I really enjoyed chatting to the ladies. They had a wealth of knowledge on the sustainability subject and I hope you got something out of it. So key takeaway points. In regards to managing your food waste, buy what you need. Purchase to a list, check your pantry, check your fridge before heading to the shops. I actually write a menu each week before I go shopping outlining what we're going to eat each night for the week so I'm planning ahead of time. This way I'm not struggling to figure out what to make each night and I'm not wasting money on items I don't need or won't use and I also try to utilise items that we already have. If you want to give it a go, try composting. As I mentioned, just have a little container. I've even seen in Kmart that you can actually purchase like little—they're these little sort of biscuit tins that actually have compost written on it. Um, you just chuck that on your bench, and then you can buy a compost bin from Bunnings. It's not expensive—sorry, expensive, not expensive at all. It seems like a a big change, but really, just pop it somewhere in your garden at the back, and you're good to go. For your three bins, firstly, soft plastics. The biscuit wrappers, chip wrappers, they can't go in the yellow bin. These can, though, be thrown out with the Red Cycle program at your local Woolies or Coles. Uh, They're usually located on the exits near the checkouts. Next time you're in, just have a bit of a look. Um, I did last time that I was in. And same thing again, just keep a box or a bag or something with all of these items, and next time you head out, just chuck it in the bin there. So no plastic bags in the yellow bin. And don't bag your red bin, it's unnecessary. Also look for ways to reduce items instead of the council pickup. Create garden beds, shoe racks, whatever it is, just give something a go. With plastics, try not to buy veggies wrapped in plastics. Bring your own shopping bags, buy bowl covers, have reusable containers for leftovers, there's beeswax wraps, so many other options. Once it's time to purchase new items, see if there are better alternatives to plastics. If you didn't want to make your own, as ladies mentioned, there are so many different products out there that are better alternatives. And also check products are actually biodegradable. Read the labels. Uh, we mentioned Biome and Flora and Fauna. There are some great websites where you can purchase these plastic-free alternative products. And then finally, with energy, If you can't do solar panels in your home, just simple things like turning lights off, opening windows, clean your aircon filters, they will operate more efficiently, uh, turn off power points that are connected to electronics on standby, try to use the line instead of your clothes dryer, ceiling fans are great, replace old lights with LED lights and look at energy ratings on products before you purchase. Most importantly, don't forget it's a journey. Start with one thing and make sure that that works and then another and then, and then another. Don't try and do everything at once. And then as well, like get the kids and the whole family involved and do it together. If you're going to buy something, make sure it lasts and if this is something you're passionate about, make sure you share with your local member or local businesses and ask for change. These changes will be better for the environment, our lifestyles and for our future generations but also benefit will be for your pockets as well you'll be saving money. If we can each do something, even if it's something small, together we really can make a difference. So thanks again for listening guys and don't forget to subscribe if, you're, if you've if you been enjoying the podcast and please leave us a review.
2: Thanks!